Father God, thank you so much for the service so far. You are constantly amazing me of how much you yearn for us to be in your presence. Your desire for us to commune with you. And worship is one of the access points. So Lord, as we continue worshiping you through receiving of your word, we ask that you touch our minds to understand our ears to hear, our eyes to see, Lord. Touch our hearts. Stretch us, Lord. Push us. Kick us out of our comfort zone. So Lord, we ask that you just have your way. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Before you see the slap high five with three people and say God is good so we've been talking about comfort zone and I actually have um, some props today but on my birthday I like to be ministered to and this man that um, is going to come and minister he's always he ministered every birthday right so far since we've been looking at him Pastor Adam and a part of the message, because he, you, you take different examples of things or individuals to fuel your message as a minister. You know, and you go, he comes, he's going to come up and explain some things. But, and Pastor Adam, just come, come on up. Let me give you, as, as he comes up, because I got to give you some, some information to help you understand the comfort zone. We got two examples. One example, one uh, definition is a psychological definition. This is a state in which Things are feel familiar to a person and they are at ease and perceive they are in control of their environment, experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress. In this zone, a steady level of performance is possible. See, but we don't want a steady level of uh, performance. And Pastor Adam, he's going to come and minister. And, and, and what, I, what I got out of you know, what he's going to explain is that... Sometimes we deal with physical things to either push us out of our comfort zone or to push us further into our comfort zone. And sometimes we, that, that physical things that we deal with that, that become the, the turning point that will dictate our next uh, couple of years in our future. And if you don't grab your situation and take control of it, it'll take control of you. I'll say that again. Please get this. If you don't grab your situation and take control of it, it will take control of you. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, your comfort zone is not a place that you should be in by the end of this month. So I'm giving you a month. Turn to another neighbor. Say, another neighbor. If you don't take control of your situation, your situation will take control of you. I think we could do a whole lot better than that. It's Pastor Jamal's birthday. He's been a shepherd over this house. Can you please stand up on your feet and honor the man of God, the shepherd? 
over the Christian Cultural Center, Long Island campus. Come on. Right where you're standing, would you just stretch out your hand toward Pastor Jamal? Some of the ministers just come and lay your hands right on him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, everything he touches, everything he puts his hand to, we pray that you would bless it and we declare the Lord is with him. The Lord goes before him and comes beside him and after him and hems him in on every single side. We believe this year will be the year of greatest blessing over his life, his marriage, his children, over everything in his family, his finances. We declare health and prosperity over him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. We declare your anointing will rest upon him, even dripping down, God, from the dew of Hermon that would drip over your son over the top of his head across this congregation, God, as you have called him to lead. We pray and believe you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now hide your servant behind the cross would speak clearly to us in the name of Jesus. Would you say amen? amen? Now would you give your God the loudest possible standing? You may be seated. Don't go far. Don't go far. The text that I'm going to allude to this morning is found in Isaiah, and it's Isaiah 35, 36, and 37. It's a, it's, it's a different kind of scriptural text with the prophet Isaiah. It, it seems that he moves from prophetic declaration to prophetic illustration. He moves from thus saith the Lord to this is so important, I've got to show you what it looks like. The prophet Isaiah moves from the Lord is going to break forth with streams in the wasteland and those who were blind are going to see and those that were downcast will rejoice. This whole text in Isaiah 35 is a declaration to the people of God of his promises and what God is going to do on their behalf. And we get to Isaiah 36 and what you must remember as you read your Bibles is that when these verses were written, there were no scripture headings. There was no Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 36. That was added later for our benefit so that I can tell you, would you turn with me to Isaiah 36 and you could find where we were reading together. But let me be clear with you, when Isaiah was writing this, he did not have Isaiah 35 and 36 separated. The declaration of the promises of God and what God was going to do on behalf of his people. That they would enter Zion with singing and everlasting joy would crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. And in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, that's the first verse of Isaiah 36. King Sennacherib of Assyria attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. You see, because I don't know about you, but when God comes to give me a prophetic word about my life, when I've come to believe God about something in my family, in my ministry, in my finances, it's amazing how the enemy comes out to attack right after the promise. He wants to thwart the seed, the word of life that God gives you in a moment and he wants to rob you of it. And in a moment you can leave church knowing God spoke to you and you can backslide on the LIE. Can I get a witness? I don't know about y'all, but I've had moments in my car by myself where I backslid, came back to Jesus, responded to my own altar call. All didn't need the front seat driving. 
Because the enemy's not after your finances. He's after your faith. And you see, your faith must rest on something. The word of God is always antecedent to faith. Your faith must rest on his word. Faith cometh by hearing. Y'all didn't hear me. I said faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. We, we, we do not simply act and presume that God will bless it because we act God does not have to honor your word, but he will always honor his word. He doesn't have to honor your promise when he will always honor his promise. And when God gives you a word and says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to show up on your behalf and, and I'm going to move on your behalf and I'm going to, I'm going to bless your finances, I'm going to bless your ministry, I'm going, to, I'm going to do something new. The enemy is not going to take that lying down. He's going to come out and he never fights a fair fight. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, when it rains, it pours. The enemy never comes one way, he comes a bunch of ways. On the same day, your boss got on you, your kids are out of control, all types of stuff you didn't even expect, stuff you haven't seen happen, came out of the woodwork, came out of nowhere. And then the enemy comes and says, just like the king of Assyria did to Hezekiah on that day, on, on, on what are you basing this confidence of yours? The enemy wants to rob us of our confidence because he knows the righteous should be bold as the lion. I am able to declare that they that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved, them and their whole household. My children will not serve the devil. The Bible says the children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. My Bible says that what God joined together, let no man put asunder. My marriage will not end in divorce. My Bible says that God is a lifter of my head. I do not have to settle for depression. And then he goes on to say, he can't rob you of your confidence. He will bargain with you about the promise God gave you. He says, come on, let, let's, let's make a deal. Let's make a bargain between my king and, 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 and your, 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 your God. He, did, did God really say that? Did God really say he was going to save your marriage? Maybe he meant the next one. Did God really say he was going to save your children? Did God really say he was going to heal your body? Did God really say he was going to, did he really, did he really, did he really? Because the enemy wants to get us to the point where we give up, where we throw in the towel. Hezekiah and the people of God were surrounded on every side. Fortified cities were captured. And the Bible says, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace. As when children come to the point of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. God puts a promise inside of you that gets up inside of you. And you're going to birth it. What was birthed in the spirit is going to be realized in the physical and in the natural. And the enemy wants to get you to give up before you see your promise come to pass. But we are not of those that shrink back. We are of those that believe. I, my wife is sitting here in the front row. We've been married now 20 years. 20 years to one wife. 20 years to one beautiful Puerto Rican wife. Can I get an amen? What I've learned about being married for 20 years to this beautiful Puerto Rican woman is that in the Old Testament, when they talk about men having multiple wives, they just did not have Puerto Ricans back then. 
have three beautiful children. And I can say that because none of them are here this morning. <laughs> 17, 15, and 14. We had three under three at one point. I believe that Pampers and Formula were like the Red Sea. You get out and then you never go back to Egypt. <laughs> I realized something about having three children. By the, by the third one, the first two were difficult on me. The doctor was asking, Mr. Durso, are you okay? I was like, can I have an epidural? <laughs> Blood all over the place. I mean, stuff happening. I didn't know what was going on. I was feeling queasy. By the third one, I was okay. The doctor said, Mrs. Durso, is everything okay? Do you need anything? And she just simply said, just make sure he never does this to me again. <laughs> but what I learned about being in a labor room is that there's a common word. It doesn't matter how many Lamaze classes you go to. It doesn't matter if you got ice chips, if you're telling her to breathe. You know, none of that matters. The word is push. A matter of fact, what I learned was that as the pain intensifies, it's not your moment to stop pushing. It's your moment to start pushing. A matter of fact, as the pain gets greater and the contractions get shorter and shorter and more intense, that's the season not to hold back, but the time to push through. A matter of fact, in the maternity ward, they're concerned about how much anesthetic to give the mother because if she can't feel the pain, she won't push. Could it be that the stuff that's happening in your life that has brought you up to this moment is not God forfeiting his promise, but as the pain intensifies in your life, it's a reminder that I'm about to push through some stuff and get a hold of what God promised me. You see, because we live oftentimes in the in-between. We live in between the promise and the fulfillment. We live in between the word of God and the faith that rises up and seeing it happen and performed in the natural. And the enemy wants to get you to give up in between. But I came to remind you that 2020 is your year to push through. 2020 is your year to get out of your comfort zone and push through and say, I will declare that what God promised me, every single promise in him is yea and amen. But like I said to you, your faith has to rest on something. God showed me this scripture and this text a couple of months ago. and been preaching it to myself and preaching it in different places. I had to get up in my spirit because then in my life, God began to give me some promises about 2020. And then December 5th hit. On December 4th, it was my 20-year anniversary. We, uh, my wife and I spent the night in the city, hung out, just enjoyed being with each other. Next morning, I went into my office, which is in Battery Park. I 
lead a large leadership, Christian leadership institution. And um, got in about 7.45 in the morning and somewhere about 4 o'clock that afternoon after having multiple meetings, I um, was in a meeting and my personal assistant walked in the room and she said, do you realize that you're only speaking out of one side of your mouth? I thought to myself, it'd been a long day. Maybe I was tired. I went to the restroom. I slashed some water on my face. Continued to have a couple more meetings. And then by 6 o'clock, realized that this was not changing. In fact, according to my staff, it had gotten worse. Went straight to North Shore Hospital. My wife met me there. Another precious brother that Pastor Jamal and I know, Bonnie, who just moved here from India, ministered to millions of young people across the continent of India, took an Uber from his house on Roosevelt Island to meet me at the hospital. And when I got to my house, who was waiting for me in my home was, was Jamal, Pastor Jamal. Because the Bible says that a brother is born in the day of adversity. You, you, listen, you can clap in a moment, but let me tell you something. You don't know who your brother is, your sister is, until all hell breaks loose. Right. All hell breaks loose, and all of a sudden, you, you, you know who, who wants to stand with you. They're they not just clapping because of your Instagram and your followers. They ain't just clapping because you come and minister for them. Then there are people, they are your brothers. They, they show up at your home at 10, 11 o'clock at night when you leave the emergency room. That's why I can talk about this man. I appreciate what he does on the platform. I appreciate his leadership gifts, his shepherding gifts, everything that God has equipped and made him to do to step into the role he's stepping into. But I'll tell you more than any of that. It's been nights like December 5th when I came home from an emergency room and that man was standing in my kitchen and said, what do you need me to do? I'll do anything for you. That's the kind of brother I have in Pastor Jamal. I, um, I woke up the next morning, I went to my word, put on some Fred Hammond, you know, I'm just saying, you're going to get in the presence, yeah. and, uh, and I began to call upon the Lord, I said, God, you, you understand that I, I, I preach, and, and I, I've, got, I've got invitations Lined up for December and January. I was supposed to be back in Ghana. That would have been my ninth trip to Ghana in, in, in Africa. My 21st trip to Africa. I, I, what are you doing here in the middle of it? And it was like God just needed to remind me, Adam, that wasn't just some scriptural text you got to preach. That's something that you're going to live. Because I'm going to do what only I can get credit for and I can only get glory for. And you're going to stand back and you're going to watch me do in one night what you couldn't do in a lifetime with all of your strength and effort. The Bible says that Hezekiah took the report of King Sennacherib. You can help me. And he spread it out before the Lord. He laid it out on the altar. He said, God, you see, you know, your name is at stake, not just my name. This is not about Adam. This is about your name. This is not just about my family. This is about your name. 
This is not just about my finances. This is about your name. This is not just about my children. This is about your name. And he spread it out on the altar. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not even enough to write it out and spread it on the altar. Sometimes you got to lay out on the altar. And say, God, I am your man. You have called me. You want me with the price. I belong to you. It's your name at stake. And the next night, the next night, the king walks out. And the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 of the enemies of the people of God. God can do in one night what you and I cannot do in our own strength in a lifetime. My brother and my sister, are you living in the in-between? Are there promises that God gave you that the enemy has come to question your confidence? Things God's spoken to you in the midnight hour, things you've not told anybody, things that you have hidden in your heart to believe him and the enemy has come to get you to bargain with him and give up on the promise of God. And what I came to remind you this morning is that it's not time to give up. It's your time to push through. You see, some of you have been praying for God to relinquish the pain in your life and wondered why that pain hasn't been dissolved yet. And what you have to understand is that pain is a reminder to push, not to give up. Would you bow your heads at me all over this room? You can dim the lights like we had for worship. Kelvin, can you come back up here maybe? And need a couple of the singers in a moment and I've only got 90 seconds so you're going to have to hurry put your heads bowed and your eyes closed all over this room today is a day where you're reminded that every promise every promise is yea and amen And I'm not standing up here on the other side of the in-between yet. I'm standing up here with you to say it's time to push. It's not time to give up. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to decide that I should just compromise with the enemy. No, 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 no. This is not that day. This is the day where we remind the Lord of his promises because though he doesn't have to honor promise he will always honor his promises and so with every head bowed and every eye closed in a moment I'm going to ask you say Pastor Adam that's me I'm in between believing God for my marriage believing God for my finances believing God for my healing believing God to rid me of this depression maybe it's panic attacks maybe it's your children or your grandchildren Whatever it is you're facing, I'm reminding you this morning, it's your time to stand up and let the devil know I'm here to push. If you, after these past two Sundays, especially with the message he just ministered, and stay in your comfort zone, 
I don't know what to tell you. See, Pastor Adam couldn't let his situation control him. But he decided to push. If you're in this building and you're like, one of the things I, I, I have done is separate myself with Jesus see I want, I want this relationship back I want to get back into the fold even if you're watching on, on Facebook I want you to raise your hand say that's me Lord I want to pray for you see I want back into the fold I, I, I can't do this on my own I want you to take that hand and put it over your heart and say Lord I'm here right now Lord, I'm here right now, stepping back in. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for loving me in spite of. I'm home. I'm back. Use me. Mold me. Shape me. I'm yours. Welcome back home. Father God, we thank you for this amazing word, this amazing time of worship, this amazing Sunday, Lord. But Lord, more so we thank you for you. Because if it wasn't for you, this would not be possible. So I pray for the individuals in this room. I pray for the individuals that they even have concerns about that's on their minds, on their hearts. We say, have your way right now. Protect them as they leave this place whenever your presence. God, God, and govern their paths. Have your way. For those who are watching on Facebook, Lord, we pray for those individuals. That you just anoint them afresh. Lord, thank you for allowing this word to penetrate our hearts. And when we're sitting in the in-between, we're going to push. We're going to use the, the pains as a, a sign to push. that you just your will be done and in Jesus name and while the atmosphere is like this I, I wanna, I wanna, so what Pastor Adam has is uh, this thing called Bell's Palsy I, I dealt with it might see some, some of it on me sometimes that's why my left eye closes especially when I'm trying to read and it can have a mental effect on you Pastor Adam, we want to pray for you. If you come to the middle. Yeah. Come on, the ministers. Come on, Pastor Adam, right here. Ministers, surround him. I want my intercessory prayer ministry to come on up. And if you're out there, pray for him. Father, thank you that he has a call in his life. Thank you. 
We bind the enemy. We bind that spirit of Leviathan, that python spirit that's trying to interrupt his walk. Father God, he will speak to nations. He will continue his trips to Africa. He will go beyond the borders of the limits of what the enemy has told them he could not do. We come against that now in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that his circulatory system will open up. The vessels will open. His body will receive, Lord God, the straightening of his face. His speech will be corrected. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that the mind will be restored. The brain, the vessels in the brain will be opened, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that the tissues within his brain are restored and formed correctly, Lord God. His body will continue to receive his alignment according to how you have created and formed him according to your will and image, Lord. His purposes will be walked out soon days to come. Father, I thank you that when he looks at his face, he will forget that he ever had this. Father God, I thank you that you walk with him. You talk with him. This morning was a test of his faith to speak and preach in front of the congregation about his test. But Lord, you will fulfill the plans of the work in his life. You shall. You are not a man that you should lie. You will come forth. He will come forth gold, purified. He will be gold in the setting of silver, in the backdrop. God, he is your chosen vessel with honor you have set him apart so i thank you that as he is an armor bearer to our pastors we undergird him with prayer we thank you lord jesus for the leadership that comes in agreement we come with him in agreement with prayer and walking with him through this healing but i thank you for your word lord of healing over his body his mind his spirit and his soul in the name of jesus christ Amen and amen and amen. Amen, amen. Amen. See, we as ministers, we go through some stuff too. When things like this happen, I actually get excited. Because the first question I ask is... (laughs) scared of me see when, when I look at situations like with Pastor Adam's going I think about there's a quote that goes around on Instagram he says he said that, that, that you should be a man of God so much so that when you put your feet on the floor the enemy says this man's up and remember weapons are only pointed to those who we feel or a threat. So Adam, Pastor Adam is threatening somebody. Lord, right now we also lift up his family, his wife, his kids. Because when they can't get to the individual, they try to go after the family. So we pray for hedge of protection. Watch over them. God, God, and govern their path, their lives. Strengthen the bond within that unit, that family, Lord. We pray for an amazing, amazing 20 more years. 20 more years. 20 on top of that for this marriage. So, Lord, anoint Lucy a word in season. Speak of encouragement to her husband. To be there just to hear him. To be there to upgird him for her. To pray over him, Lord. We anoint her at another level, Lord, that you will have your way. You're a good God. And we say thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, say it with us. This Bible. This Bible.
is our primary source of faith. This Bible is our rule of conduct. This Bible creates a lens that we see life through. As we leave this place, we never God's presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you so much for the birthday shout-outs. I appreciate it. Social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, the text messages. Thank you so much, family.